Hello friends, my name is Franklin. I'm the pastor of Crux Church here in Las Vegas and I am thrilled to be with you today. And today we're going to be giving you a fresh word. I mean, that's the name of the program, but I also believe that God is constantly speaking to us. And if we're keen enough to listen to what he's saying, there's always something specific that he wants to deposit in our hearts. And I believe that today is of no exception. So I did have something prepared for you, but I want to give you a little caveat before I get started. See, typically as preachers, we tend to talk to the sloth, right? The lazy person, the person who is not doing enough. Well, this isn't for you today. This is for the other people. This is for the ones who are running at the speed of light. Because I believe that those people, myself included, we can learn from a message like this because I think God wants us to slow things down just a little bit. I think we'll all agree that in the last two years, we've seen this whole world change, right? Uh, we don't even recognize a lot of stuff anymore. People are seeing the economy and they're feeling unstable. They're seeing their future and they're seeing uncertainty. And they're also seeing their, their own lives. They're looking around, they're seeing crime and they feel a sense of vulnerability. Uh, and so what I think the key really is, is this, the key is slowing down and learning how to walk at the pace of grace. And I think that that is something that we often overlook. Amen? Now, grace is a gift from God, right? And what, what it does is God says, here, this is something that is going to convert your inability into supernatural ability. Because when we try to come in on our own strength and do things our own way, that doesn't always work out very well for us. So grace is God saying, let me impute or give something to you that you need that'll help you to get your life going in the direction that I need you to be. Uh, we love Psalm 4610 that says, be still and know that I am God. We love that. But here's the thing. We don't know how to live that out. Because for a lot of us, we don't know how to relax and let God be in control, right? We're always trying to do God's job for him. Because let's just be honest, everything in America is fast-paced, speed of light, do it now, right? And I think for a lot of believers, we feel like the faster we work and the more we do, the greater we're accomplishing things for God. Because after all, we're in a tech generation, quicker is better, right? Accomplish seven thing, 17 things in a day, and then we think that we're good. But I think that sometimes that can work against us. And I think that's the, the premise of this message today. Here is the thing. God is never in a hurry. And if you don't believe me, just ask your prayer life. How many times have you prayed for something and God takes forever to answer that prayer, right? We think it's urgent. Lord, we need this answer right now. And God says, uh, no, not really. You're going to get it when you need to have it, right? Uh, if you look at Jesus's life, Jesus was never in a hurry. As a matter of fact, he was the guy who, when he got word that his good friend was sick and about to die, he said, uh, let's just find a couple more things to do before we go and see him. Wait till he's dead, and then we'll go and take a visit, right? Jesus was also the guy who took naps when crazy storms were happening. What do we do when we have crazy storms in our lives? We're trying to do damage control. We're running around trying to fix things. And God says sometimes what we need to do is slow down and trust him. That's all sometimes that we need to do. And so what Jesus would do is he would take a moment away from the craziness of ministry. He would rest, recalibrate, check in with the Father, and then come back revived and ready to rock and roll. And I think we can learn a lot from that. Amen. No matter what uh, our occupation is, what our job is, whether you're in ministry, whether you are in the secular world, I think this is applicable to all people, all believers especially. right? So I want to give you 10 quick 
dangers of a hurried life. 10 quick dangers of a hurried life. You ready? Number one, it's an attempt to control the outcome. When we're rushing around, we're trying to make sure that we see this very specific vision that we, we have in our heads activated, right? And often when we do that, we tend to forget that God's the one who is in charge. He's the one who is in control and he is in charge of the outcome. Because as believers, we're, we're technically responsible for three things. Number one, we're responsible for faith. So faith says, this is not about me, this is about God, right? Then we're responsible for obedience. That means doing and carrying out whatever his purpose and his will is for our lives. And then thirdly, we're responsible for consistency. So whatever it is we are doing, we have to be faithful to it, devoted to it, and don't break, keep moving, right? However, as we do our part, God is the one who controls the outcome. It's kind of like what Paul said, right? Paul says, you know what? I plant Apollo's waters, but God's the one that brings the increase. But I don't think we think about it in those terms when we're hurriedly going about our lives, trying to accomplish all of these things and trying to control the outcome. The second thing is, uh, the second danger is we run ahead of God. I'm a grandfather now. We got five beautiful grandbabies. And the one thing that I've noticed with our little toddlers is they love to run ahead of parents and grandparents. That's their favorite thing to do. And they think it's funny. But the thing about it is they can sometimes get themselves in dangerous situations. I remember this one specific time we were in a store with one of our grandbabies and, and she just bolted. Like just, uh, we weren't even ready for it. And so there I went running after her and this girl ran for the door. And, and had it not been for the grace of God, she could have ran right out of the door into traffic and it would have been horrible, right? But this is what we do sometimes with God. God says, hey, walk with me, but what are we doing? We're running ahead of him and that's not always a good thing, right? Uh, and, and I like to call this uh, walking at the cadence of Christianity. If you're, if you're musically inclined, you understand that word. But what we need to do is really set that pace, make sure it's a, a pace that is walking in step with God, not ahead of God, and certainly not behind Him, but just walking with Him, right? Uh, Psalms 27, uh, 14 says, wait patiently for the Lord. And I think that sometimes we can remember that as we wait for Him, He's leading us, guiding us, and directing us. Uh, number three is we tire quickly when we are living a hurried life. And we call this burnout. Uh, this can happen uh, if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if you are in the secular world, if you're a boss, if you're a supervisor. Those of us who are mostly type A personalities, uh, we, or even a manager, we tend to, to, to try to uh, do so much work and do it in such little time that we end up really burning out after a short period of time. And that is absolutely not healthy. Right, And then number four, we blow through red lights and stop signs. What do I mean by that? We can often miss the signs that God is showing us if we're moving too fast. Because God, again, is always speaking. He's always communicating because God's a God who is communicative with his kids, right? And so as we move, we listen. But when we're moving so fast, sometimes we miss these stop signs. And we do have to take those moments where we do what we do at a natural intersection. What do we do? We stop, look left, look right, look straight ahead, and then we proceed with whatever the appropriate action is that's next. And for those of us who are just, just going after it 60 miles an hour, we often miss that. Uh, number five is we are mission focused rather than spirit sensitive. Uh, for some of us, it's all about making it about the accomplishment of what we're doing rather than 
the relationship, right? Um, of course, we should be accomplishment-minded. We should be task-oriented. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is a moment where that can take over our lives, and it can be more about the accomplishment and less about what are we getting from God in the meantime, in the process, right? And I, and I think sometimes, uh, I'll give you a story. I remember when my wife and I graduated Bible college, uh, we were in Columbus, Ohio, and we were praying about what the next move was. And I will tell you this, that we didn't stop to find out what the next move was. We ran ahead of God. So what we did was we decided we would move to Florida, right? We picked a city, which was Jacksonville, and we were like, we're going to go there. We're going to start a ministry. Well, here's the thing. God's grace was with us. We did amazing things for that first year and a half, did a lot of ministry work. But then we quickly found out that's really not where God wanted us to be. And so what we did was then we stopped, we committed our time to the Lord, and we said, okay, where do you want us to go? And that's when he gave us a series of directives. We ended up here in Vegas, and the rest is history. What am I saying? We have to move at the cadence of Christianity, move at the grace of pace, or the pace of grace, rather. Uh, see, being in my 50s, that's what happens. And so here is what we have to learn how to do. And it's a process, right? So don't feel bad if you're not there yet. Number six, uh, this is the other danger. We rely on our limited ability instead of relying on God's unlimited ability, right? And, and I like to call this misplaced faith. <clears throat> so we have faith, but we have faith in ourselves and what we are limited to do. And so when we learn how to walk with Him, what we're in essence saying is, Lord, you can do what we can't do. You can do more than I can do. So I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. Number seven, we entertain impulsive behavior when we're moving too fast, right? I know for some of you that sounds familiar. So imagine this, we're like Peters and we're running around cutting off the ears of people, right? Why? Because we're doing these impulsive things. Sometimes when you move fast, you're very impulsive. Amen. Because we can't adequately assess what's happening from moment to moment. So what are we doing? We're doing what feels natural. We're doing what seems obvious, but sometimes that is completely different from what God is saying. Number eight, we overlook the people around us because we're moving too fast. And there are people who are in our lives, they're very important to us, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, strangers, whoever it is that God's put in our sphere of influence, quite often we tend to overlook them because we're moving too fast. We don't have time for them, right? We don't see it that way. We think we're busy for the Lord, but God is saying, I want you busy doing the things I've called you to do, not things that you perceive. Because we walk into every situation. Let's be honest. Most of the time, we walk into situations with the preconceived notion, right? And we think we know what we're doing. And most of the time, we do not. All right, come on. All right, now, number nine, we overlook what God has placed in front of us, right? It's kind of like this. Think, about, think of a toddler who is at the dinner table with an iPad, right? We know this scenario very well. It happens all the time. And this, the, the, the toddler is oblivious to the fact that, you know what, it's dinner time. I should be sitting here enjoying a meal. And their focus is gone. They're completely inundated with what they're seeing, uh, which, is nothing, which has nothing to do with what they should be doing at the time. Sometimes as believers, we're like that, right? We're distracted and we're missing out on what God has placed in the front of us. Amen. And then finally, number 10, we become spiritually weak. So for many of us, we are frantically running around trying to feed everyone instead of stopping to sit and take a meal. Think of Martha, right? When Jesus entered the home of Lazarus, Lazarus, you had Mary and Martha. 
What was Mary doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? What was Martha doing? She was in the kitchen. She was doing hospitality. She was trying to feed people and make sure everybody was fed, but she herself was not being fed. And I think some of us, we suffer from a Martha mentality. We think that more is more and hard work is the only thing that's important or fast paced work is the only thing that's important. So as I land this plane, I wanna, I wanna say this to you. This is gonna be tough for some of you to hear. And the reason for that is because you're a control freak, right? Like I was, because I wanna make sure that I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm doing. And God says, no, let's stop and ponder. Let's stop and listen. And let's get God's directive on what we have to do. And we think that slowing down is a sin. We're like, that can't be godly. But sometimes for some of us, it's the most godly thing that we can do. We like speed. But here is what speed is. Speed is the antithesis of patience. And we all know how important patience is, right? Patience is a fruit that we develop and it develops over time. You know, the Bible tells us about nine fruit that we should be developing, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But again, it's fruit. Fruit takes time. So for some of you, it's gonna take a while for this to catch up. But I would say, start planting those seeds now. Start practicing now. Ask the Holy Spirit to walk with you and help you to make that adjustment because it's not going to happen overnight. Some of you guys, your calendar is so full, you can't squeeze something in halfway. So I understand you have some obligations. You have some commitments. We're going to go ahead and take care of that. But let's have the Lord enter into that situation, right? Because God wants us to change that default position from frantic mode to chill mode. And again, I'm only talking to the people who are running really fast, not the sloth, not the slow person, the fast people. Slow it down just a little bit. And we need to switch from having that knee-jerk response to having more of a calculating approach. Because after all, that's how we get to hear God's voice clearer. That's how we get to be a little bit more accurate. And that's how we get to do better work. I'm in my 50s now. And I'm learning this still, right? This is still not easy for me. But each day as I allow the Holy Spirit to help me with this, it's getting better. And I'll tell you one thing, I seem to be accomplishing way more now than I did when I was running at the speed of light. That's just my honest opinion. And I will say this too. <clears throat> there was a time when for years, I, I had this really bad habit. Um, I would be fast asleep. And if I heard a noise, whether it's a noise in the house or a noise from, from a neighbor, I would jump up out of my sleep and run to the window or run to the door or run. And literally, I would do it like that. I would go from sleep to run. And my wife told me repeatedly, you need to stop doing that because this is how people get heart attacks, right? So think about it in the way we live our lives. Sometimes we are like that. We are quickly running here and running there. And God says, no, you need to slow it down. I'm in control. I've got this. Amen? I hope this is sinking in just a little bit, right? Because when we learn to live the unhurried life, I guarantee you it'll change everything. It will change the way you spend your dollars and your days. It'll change the way you live out your devotion and your dedication to the Lord. And it'll really give you that sense of appreciation for everything that God's doing. Because the, the more we let God control our lives, the more of an appreciation we have for who he is. But if we're busy trying to do it all ourselves, then we can't adequately, fully 
understand and appreciate all that he brings to the table. And finally, I want to leave you with this thought because I go, you know, we, we tend to only remember the crazy things, right? So I'm going to leave you with this thought. What we need to do, some of you, is stop living like a Gen Z working at a drive-thru. Some of you, you're, what am I talking about? Good with technology, right? Great with pushing orders through, trying to get through all as many cars as possible, but often missing the ketchup and the napkins in the process. So what we need to do is just slow it down, listen to the Lord, follow what he's saying, follow what he's doing, and knowing that God has already given us the success that we need. We just have to walk that out. That's it. Just walk it out. So what are we going to do? We're going to walk at the pace of grace. We're going to walk with the cadence of Christianity. Make that our new default position, right? Don't hurry. Don't rush around. Take your time. Be more thoughtful. Be more prepared. And just be ready. For what? Whatever. Whatever God is saying. Whatever God is doing. And just know that He already knows your inabilities. He already knows your inconsistencies. He knows what's broken. He knows what's missing. And that's the beauty of all of this. Because grace says, I will provide for you everything that you need if you trust in me. So the answer is not speed. The answer is accuracy. What's accuracy? Tuning into him, whatever he says. Whatever he says. Right? I want to pray for you before I leave today. Because again, like myself, I know there are a lot of you out there who think that more is more. And you're literally running yourselves ragged. Your family is suffering because they're not seeing enough of you. And you're not paying enough attention to the people whose lives you are pouring into because you're busy trying to get to the next person. And God says, well, you're not really finished yet with this person. So let's pray and let's invite the, the Lord into the middle of this. Can we do that? Father, we thank you so much today for being so awesome, so good, so so gracious, Lord God, for giving us what we need. And we ask you, Lord God, to help every per person watching right now. Give them what they need. Help them to understand it's not about the speed of time, but it's about you and what you're capable and able to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know the prayer is usually the last thing, but I do want to leave you with a word from God. And this is found in Colossians 1, and I want to read you 9 through 12. This is Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. And his prayer for them, I want to be my prayer for you, right? Here's what he says in verse 9. He says, For this reason we also, from the day we heard about you, have not ceased praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may live worthily of the Lord and please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the display of all patience and steadfastness, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. I know that was a mouthful. If you need to, go back and watch this again, listen to this again. Let this sink in. Because Paul was saying something very specific here. He was talking about the way a Christian or a believer is walking out their faith, understanding that it's all about God. It's all about the power of God in the life of a believer. We say that, but we don't often live that, right? 
We try to make it all about our power, our strength, our ability, our accomplishment. And so let that sink in today. And I just ask you, Lord, to, you know, I ask you guys to just prayerfully just allow the Lord to just minister to your hearts today. All right. It was really great being with you. Um, and hopefully this was helpful to you. And if, if it was, please do me a favor. Uh, tune into this network. Share this network with your friends. Share this message with, you, with your friends. There are other great pastors that come onto this platform. They all have wonderful, pertinent, timely messages. And, uh, and yeah, let's go ahead and support this network because they're doing great work here in the Valley. All right. Nice to see you. God bless. If you're a believer and you live here in Las Vegas and you don't have a home church, I would love to invite you to come and check out Crux Church. We're in the art district in downtown and we meet out of a performance theater. We're at 1025 South 1st Street and we meet at 10 a.m. on Sundays. We also gather together uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, we call this Nucleus. We have Bible study. We have a time of eating, fellowship, food, fun. We, we teach. We have uh, Q&A sessions. It's amazing. It's a wonderful time of bonding, a time of friendship, relationship building. It's a time to pour in. It's a time to express yourselves. Because unlike Sunday mornings, you know, you can't really speak. You're just listening. But on Wednesdays, you really get a time to interact. We also have circles. Uh, we have men's group. We have women's group. We have uh, youth group. And uh, it's just a wonderful uh, space where you can find your niche. You can find uh, your place. You can find um, wonderful relationships. And I, I believe that... Every believer should be a part of a local church where you're faithful, where you both receive from the Lord and you both give. You can serve, you can, you can uh, worship God with your money, with your time, with your talent. And, and I believe that uh, there are many wonderful churches in this city. Um, you know, once you pick a church that is, uh, you know, spirit led, the word is preached, the people are friendly, um, you know, I, I would say get in a church. But if you don't have one, we would love to, to have you uh, join us. Um, you can visit our website, which is also on the screen, to get uh, to learn more about us. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I already said Facebook, right? Uh, YouTube. Um, and so check us out there. We're currently going through a series in the book of Revelation. So I'm going literally uh, uh, line by line through the entire book. Uh, so we're going to be in it for a minute. And I think it's, it's something that a lot of people have uh, anticipated, they've asked for. And so we're walking through that. Uh, quite often we walk through books of the Bible. And um, yeah, this is one of my favorite things to do. So I just want to invite you to come out, bring your family, bring your friends, um, and, and let's just gather together in, in God's presence. And, uh, and I think it'll, it'll be a wonderful, wonderful experience for both of us. All right. Uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.